I am the self-development coach, Johnny Lawrence, and welcome to the Self-Development Podcast. Today, I'm excited to be speaking with confidence coach, trainer and educator, supervisor and mentor for coaches, public speaker, and of course, co-author with Sandra Stocks of 16 Seconds Debunking the Myths Surrounding Manifestation. I am speaking to the wonderful Pam Lidford. I've been lucky enough to work with Pam where she's been an educator and a coach and it's wonderful to get to spend time with Pam and continue to learn from her wonderful mind. Pam's ethos is to work holistically and energetically to make a difference in people's lives through awareness, choice and working with Mind Chatter. We discuss the mind, body and energy in relation to holistic coaching, which is kind of Pam's thing. Pam shares her views on unhelpful self-talk and mind chatter and we even touch upon the dreaded imposter syndrome and what you can do to move through it. During this episode, I asked Pam what's been one of the hardest and most challenging things you've ever gone through in your life. The response she gave me absolutely blew me away. Um, She shared a deeply personal story that will absolutely give you goosebumps and leave you with your jaw dropping. It is absolutely incredible story. Really, really was such a kind share of something that must have just been absolutely terrifying to go through. So let's not wait a second longer. Let's get to it. It's so lovely to see. How are you, Pam? I'm really well, thank you, Johnny, and it's a delight for me to be here with you. Yeah, it really is nice to speak to you in this way. And um, um, I'm so grateful for this. Thank you. I know you've been super busy, especially recently um, with the book launch and stuff, which we're going to yeah. get into. Um, but I think we should get started. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think we should <laughs> <Yeah>. get started. <laughs> I mean, I, I think the best place to start is tell tell people about your remarkable journey towards becoming the person you are today. <laughs> How long do we have on this? <laughs> <laughs> as long as you need. Two-parter, three-parter, whatever. <laughs> well, you know, I've had a long life so far. I hope it's gone a lot longer as well. So I'll uh, I'll be as brief as I can. So I guess, I mean, I know you know this already, Johnny, but I started out in corporate. I started out in banks uh, when I left school. And I didn't really like any of it. And I kind of always knew that there was something else out there that I really want to be involved in but I had no idea what it was and you'll know and I know most people haven't got a clue what they want to do when they grow up unless they fall into being a singer or a football player or or a lawyer and they always want to do it but generally we don't know what we want to do and I didn't and so I kind of just worked and got jobs but I fell into personal development quite young uh, I liked psychology. I studied sociology outside of school. This was just as a hobby. And I found that I quite liked the idea of working with the mind. But I hadn't got the qualifications to become a therapist or to become a um, person who did that. So I just did it for me. I just started doing personal development for myself. And I found that it started to make a difference and change my life. And and then I did some other jobs along the way. Some of them I absolutely loved. Most of them I really hated. And I fell into teaching in my early 30s and fell in love with it. And when I stay teaching, I'm talking about adults, so 18 plus, because children scare me. My own children didn't scare me, but other people's children scared me. (laughs) Uh, So I didn't think I was brave enough to teach them. But adults came to college because they wanted to learn. And I loved it so much. And I did that for quite a while, but it was only part time. And, you know, I like job security. So I was looking for a full time position and I was offered it at the college as long as I would be a manager. And I didn't want to be a manager. I just wanted to teach adults what they wanted to learn and were interested in. But that was not the deal. So. Again, as you know, people will do stuff, listeners will do stuff in order to fulfill their values. And my value of job security meant I would take a job on I didn't want to do. Hmm. So I did that for about 12, 13 years. And as it got, the teaching was always wonderful, but the management job wasn't so great. But as it got more and more dire, and as it got more and more depressing, I started looking for something else. And so one of the things I I looked to training was counselling 
because though I hadn't had the confidence to do it in my early 20s, now in my 30s, and uh, nearly 40, I was like, yeah, maybe I could do that now. So I started training as a counsellor. I found that it was a bit heavy for me. It made me feel sad. Mm. And I had enough sadness going on in my head and in my own past and life and that. And so I thought, this isn't quite what I'm looking for, but it's helping people. And that's what I want to do. And then, of course, one of my lovely friends who very, very sadly passed away last year, she introduced me to coaching. And as I looked at coaching, I thought, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I want to do. And so I started training and I kept my not so nice job and I built up my coaching practice. And I found that because I loved it so much and my focus was on helping people, it just grew and it just kept growing. And then before I knew it, I was, I was able to do training, which is my real love sharing information with people. So I was able to do one-to-one coaching and team coaching and corporate and business. Personal development is my favorite and training as well. And so by 2006, I left my old job and I've never looked back. Apart from COVID, you know, doing a little bit of a, as it has for all of us, doing a bit of a everything will stop. I've never looked back. And I've been blessed to work with wonderful people along the way. Uh, as a coach and a trainer and as you said to move on to do mentoring and supervision for coaches as well so that's my potted history I hope that wasn't too long <laughs> no well done that's uh I, I wasn't sure how you were going to go back I was very cheap <laughs> so I just did... started quite young because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like well I, was, well I was two years old and <laughs> no I mean firstly I'm very sorry to hear about your friend um that's that's um you know I'm very sorry to hear about that but um how lovely that she introduced you into something that you're, you know, that you're going to do forever, hopefully, uh, and and sort of pass on. I can say as a student of yours, or I, well, I suppose I could say that, is that, that you are amazing at your job. <laughs> you're re- no, you are, you are, you know, you really are. You, you have a way of connecting with people. The way that you relay information in a story is very subtle, but you never forget it. <laughs> oh, I, I remember that in values and beliefs. Um, we did a values and beliefs session and um, the way in which you taught the values and beliefs through storytelling is something that I've adopted myself. Um, and just, yeah, I just think it's a really lovely way to get across things about, you know, sometimes when you're trying to trying to show information to somebody, it can sometimes feel slightly aggressive, can't it? In some ways, like you're trying to make somebody understand something. But the way when you tell that sto- when you tell your stories, it's just a, it's just a really lovely, charming way. So yeah. Oh, thank you. That's very lovely of you. I'm grateful for that. Thank well, you. Well, I mean, you obviously had a passion for helping others, but what do you think it is that drew you towards helping others and wanting to help others? Well, now I am going to go back in time. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> Another story, guys. <laughs> I have a picture in my head of being seven years old and watching, really shouldn't have been, I should have been, I shouldn't have been allowed to, watching the news. And it was, a, it was a particular story which was starving children in Africa and their little bellies extended. I don't know if you can remember the, the pictures of little children, or that well, you, you weren't even born then, but what I mean is that they're out there in, mm. in history and, and still there on some advertising as well now. I'm watching these little children, and I, and I got goosebumps because I remember thinking that young. I mean, my grandson now is six next month, and I can see his little brain starting to tick in the way that, that mine did back then. And I remember watching it and thinking, when I grow up, I want to feed the world. I want to go and I want to feed those children. I want to help children. I, I couldn't bear the pain uh, the pain for them, the pain for me watching it as well. Mm. And I think that, well, I don't think, I know that that impacted on the rest of my life and my dissatisfaction in work when I wasn't helping people. Because along with security, one of my top values is purpose. It's, is what I'm doing of value? It's of service. Is it helping? Is it making this world a better place? And if it's not, well, let me do something else that, that could contribute in some way. And so I think I 
had this naive little idea that when I grew up, I could save the world. I'd be a, you know, a little seven-year-old superhero, which my grandchildren <laughs> are at the moment. They, they want to be superheroes when they grow up. But I think I took it literally. And even though I didn't go on to feed people, I did go on to help feed their minds. And I had to, I had to feed mine first. I had a lot of work to do on my, myself. And I still work on myself all the time because there is no finish line. And I love it. But that whole thing about... How can I make a difference? Started with that news story. So these things that are quite sad, including my lovely friend passing away, and she, was, she gave me a gift of coaching. And that whole story gave me the gift of purpose and making a difference in people's lives. So that's what that's where it started. <laughs> I got I had goosebumps the whole way through then. That, that, no, it was just, that's, that's, that's what I mean. What a lovely way to explain why you like helping people that's just wonderful it really is um I mean we're going to change lanes slightly um because I feel like um in every superhero there is an origin story <laughs> and it usually comes from well it can come from good places but there are obviously things that happen to people negatively that affect them for the rest of their life so my question is what's been one of the hardest and most challenging things that you think you've had to go through in your life there's been a lot Mm. you only want one <laughs> well no just just whatever you're whatever you're sort of um like yeah willing to no, share really I, human human beings are i believe on this planet to experience life and part of life is suffering at times mm. and there has been there has been a lot of suffering uh, from quite young young age through to just last year but if i do have to pick one of them because I did, I know you told me about this question. So, and I'm glad you did, because otherwise I might have cried. So I had to prepare myself um, for this question. But I think probably the worst one ever was receiving a call at two o'clock in the morning when I was in Coventry working that my then 16-year-old daughter was in hospital and needed life-saving surgery and was refusing to give permission. And they phoned me to say, please, could you persuade her to agree to this surgery? And we've got to do it now. There's no point in even coming. I couldn't come because it was a, a training event. I'd been, I was, I'd been, had, had dinner, I'd had some drinks, so I couldn't even get in the car and drive. But they were saying to me, no, 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 don't do that. She's going to be in surgery for five hours. You, there's no point in you coming tonight. It's not going to be of any good. We just need you to persuade her to have this surgery. Now, this is going to sound strange, but I have, I have a knowing at times. And I knew she was going to be okay at that moment. So I didn't get upset. I didn't get stressed. I didn't go into panic. I said, okay. So I spoke to her on the phone and I said to her, darling, why are you not allowing them to do the surgery? And, and she said, she's six foot tall, my beautiful girl. And she said, mom, I want to be a model. <laughs> And she said, if they cut me open, because it was a big, it was a, a 12 inch from under the breastbone down to the stomach, uh, to the stomach. And if they cut me open, I'm never going to be a model. I mean, talk about the beauty and vanity of you. And, and I said to her, Donnie, if you die, you're never going to be a model. I said, so how about we bargain? How about? You know, you've always wanted a tattoo. And I said, you've got to be 18. And she <laughs> said, yes. I said, if you let them do the surgery, remember she's 16, it's like I'm talking to a small child. Mm. If you let them do the surgery, when it's healed, we'll get you a tattoo. And we can put something beautiful where that is. And you can even have another one. So she said, okay. Anyway, I'm, I'm feeling quite calm because I can't explain this. I know I do talk about this in the book a little bit, but only a little bit. But I knew that that wasn't correct. I knew that. I don't know how I knew, but I knew that this wasn't true. So anyway, we, she went off as in they were going to do surgery. And believe it or not, I, I, I was calm. And then the next morning, I phoned the hospital and they said, oh, we didn't do the surgery last night. And I'm like, well, well, thanks for that. Thanks, you know, for frightening the life out of us. And they mm. said, we just, there's this thing that we can see on the x-ray. We just don't know what it is. So we're waiting for a second opinion. So they 
said it's you know but don't rush back because we're not sure what we're doing she might have surgery at 11 she might not have surgery at 11 we don't know anyway so I did my training and then I got in my car and I came back to her and they did do the surgery in the end and I got back and she was just coming out of the surgery because again they said to me we don't really want excitable mothers here so come you know come when it's over so I got back and they'd done the surgery and they had found nothing absolutely nothing whatever was on this x-ray they, they couldn't find anything so I sat with her and she had morphine for the pain and that and I said to them can I can I stay with her past visiting hours I said because you know I feel really bad that First of all, she's had surgery and didn't need it. And that you told me not to come and I didn't come. And you told me that there was no point. And now I'm, I'm here with her. I really want to stay with her. And they said, no, no, you can't. You, you can stay up till eight o'clock, but you can't stay past that. And, my, and she was crying and I was crying. And now I'm feeling different, by the way. And, and she said, please don't go, mom, please don't go. And I said, darling, we're 16, they won't let me stay. And there was a beautiful nurse there, and she said to me, I'm so sorry, we just can't let you stay because she's 16 and everybody will want everybody staying. So I said, well, can I just stay till 10 o'clock? And she said, I'll put the curtains around you so they can't see you and we'll let you stay a little bit longer. So I'm like, okay, that's really good. And so then they came in to give her some pain relief for the, the surgery that she'd had, and they gave her a bag, and in it was uh, diclofenic, which is ibuprofen. And it's now past visiting times. I should have gone home an hour ago, but I'm still there. It's nine o'clock. And as this, this bag is up and they put it into her and they walk away, suddenly I notice that this is, this is just unbelievable. Suddenly I notice that the bag empties, empties totally into her. And she turns white. Oh, my God. And... <clears throat> I go running out to them and I said to them, something's gone wrong. That drip has just completely emptied into my daughter and she's gone right. And they said, oh, my God, oh, my God. And they and they rushed in and they said, you need to get out of the way, which I did. And they had, I think, six people around her and they're doing taking oxygen from here and they're doing all sorts of things to her. And they said, you've got to get her into intensive care now. And they took her off to intensive care and the doctor pulled me to one side and she said to me, we're really sorry. We don't think your daughter's going to make it tonight. And this time I knew that they were telling the truth. Mm. And the lovely nurse came to me and she said, you can stay. We've got a bed for you in intensive care. You're not going anywhere. And so they let me stay there. And I was with my daughter all night and she did pull through. <laughs> She's 31 now. But that was the most horrendous, horrendous experience I've ever had in my life. That the first time I knew, I just knew she was okay. But the second time, it was really touch and go. And her and I've talked about this a lot. And she says to me, Mum, you weren't meant to be there the first time. Because I haven't, I haven't talked about this before, by the way. You weren't meant to be there the first time. Because if you had been there the first time, you'd have gone the second time and I would have passed away because nobody would have known that I was lying there. And she said to me, obviously, I don't know what people's belief systems are, our guardian angels were there and you were meant to be there later. And I know that's true. Yeah. So it's a bit of a long story, but no. it was a, the most challenging thing I've ever experienced in terms of my beautiful girl and nearly losing her. Firstly, thank you. Yeah, I mean, thank you so much for sharing that. That's uh, uh, again, I, I just uh, don't know what to say. That's um, that's an amazing story, and just um, that must as a parent, it's just that's terrifying, absolutely terrifying. I can't even, I can't articulate how you must have felt. I mean, so many things there that are just like you say you, they can't be explained, can they? I mean, had you have not been there, or those things? Thank goodness you was. I mean. I know. Wow. wow. I know. It's so, so, so lucky. I can or see. Intended. Well, I can see now why you have your, your deep spirituality um, from moments like that, you know, um, mm. just because there is no explaining that, is there? That's just, 
unbelievable that really is thank you so much for sharing that honestly that was uh that was difficult to listen to I think maybe I could have done with preparing for that one <laughs> that was really challenging Sorry. no 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 that was uh, really that was really really um sort of tragically beautiful in some ways is um it was uh, really special thank you um I don't know where to go from there. Really. <laughs> we end it now. Should we stop? Should we say goodbye? <laughs> Let's make no. it happy again. Let's yeah, happy. yeah. I mean, so yeah. As I said, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I mean, as I said about your spiritual foundations. I mean, you you are a holistic coach at your core, and I've heard you speak a lot about the mind, body, and energy, and the relationship that it has in spiritual in sort of holistic coaching. Could you help the listeners understand what's meant by holistic coaching, what its advantages are and how it can differ from other styles of coaching? So that's a really long answer. So I won't do that. <laughs> so I did what I did an hour's chat with the coaching academy about this very subject. So it's out there. Mm. <laughs> if anybody wants to listen to a longer version. So I always ask people what they think holistic means. And most people say mind, body, energy, mind, body, spirit. Mm. and for me it's working with the whole person so you know that I don't work just with the head I work with what the body tells us and what the energy field tells us as well and, and the energy field is scientific as well as spiritual so I've got a foot in each camp I'm very into the whole neuroscience and quantum physics which is as you know is in the book as well and the practical application of information and then I'm also into the more spiritual side and what holistic is is taking the, everything that the client presents and working with it so not going in with assumptions of tools that you're going to use not expecting that it's going to be just about questions it's it's interventions it's energy work as well and so the simplest answer for me is holistic, is aligning the subconscious values and beliefs with the conscious values and beliefs and taking into account how you feel about that and getting the two to speak the same language. So it's an alignment of the whole person. And we can do that through standard coaching and bringing in interventions. So how it's different is it's coaching plus interventions. And some of the things I might use will be NLP, Neuro Linguistic Program. Most people know about that. Mm. There's some amazing and unusual techniques within NLP that aren't always taught in your everyday NLP course. Then there's things like tapping, which I love, TFT and EFT. You can mix those in as well for feelers. And then there are things like reflective repatterning. and something called tapper's acupressure technique. People can look these up. So these are more spiritual. These are more intention focused. These are working with your lineage, so your your ancestors and your history and the energy that they've passed down to you, so, uh, that people call just the way I am. Well, not necessarily just the way you are. There's stories that are given to you that cause you to then create the reality that you have. Whereas we can start to stop them. We can put a block in place that goes, that was my past and my present is going to be what I choose it to be. So holistic helps you to do that without going into therapy or counselling, just working with the epigenetics of the individual, changing the, the cellular addictions that we have, uh, the cravings that we have for emotional states that are in our family history and that we've maybe picked up along the way. So that's my short version. Oh, I love that. The, the alignment thing that 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 really speaks to me in the sense of, you know, we have that sort of almost like the heart and the mind alignment sort, sort, of, sort of thinking. Yeah, that's, yeah that's, it is. So what can the advantages be of that, like getting them to sort of a short answer alignment? What can be the advantages of getting the, the head and the heart aligned? So you will achieve your goals faster. You will achieve them with greater ease and flow instead of battling against yourself, taking two steps forward and maybe three steps backward. A uh, lady I was talking to this morning, catching yourself going round and round in circles, feeling stuck because you know you want something, but you just don't know why you keep stopping yourself. So when you work holistically, you get a, you get a much clearer, quicker, cleaner 
um, pathway to achieving your goals. Yeah, I, the feeling I got there was it sort of removes conflict. You know, yeah, yes. inner co- that inner conflict. Yeah, yeah. That, that's how it felt for me when you were explaining it. You know, it's just uh, yeah. like like it, all I could hear was the two sort of almost like symbolically having an argument going, no, no, I don't think this is the right way. And it's sort of like finding a way to sort of come together and get into alignment. It's lovely. Yeah, it really is. I mean, a big part of, of all about process is sort of you talk a lot about mind chatter. Mm. And uh, I know that mind chatter is very unhelpful <laughs> in some cases. Um, how How can this affect somebody's life and sort of what strategies can you put in place to sort of combat that mind chatter? Oh gosh, I mean, mind chatter can pull you down completely, can't it? Mm. And it can totally take you away from any form of goal achievement or happiness or uh, whatever, whatever it is that you're you're seeking, enjoyment or, or joy. So for me, mind chatter was a very big enemy of mine in my youth. And really, until I got properly into the counseling and then coaching. So it, it did, it owned me. And something that I learned, I don't know where I learned this, and I don't know who taught me this, or, or whether I just decided this for myself. I just can't remember. But I found out that actually your mind chatter is not your enemy. And so if you want to, if you want to overcome it, you want to work with it. So I know that some of my training in the past, not with the academy, but with other providers, that they would talk about getting rid of mind chatter. They would talk about ripping it out and throwing it away and beating it down. And and I found I did try that, but it didn't work. It just got bigger and it just got stronger and it just got angrier. And I found that when I started listening to it, when I started paying attention to it and I realized it just wanted to keep me safe, that's what it wanted to do. It didn't want to destroy me at all. It felt like it did, but it didn't. When I acknowledged that, suddenly it calmed right down. It, it chilled out. It was like, she's listening to me. I'm not used to this. It was banging its head against this metaphorical wall going, if only you'd listen to me, you'd understand. So if people want to work with their mind chatter, first thing is locate it. And I was doing this with somebody new this morning to find out where it is. Is it a voice? Is it pictures? Is it a feeling? It's quite a time-consuming exercise. People go, I don't know. So find it. So if it's in your head, where is it in your head? Maybe it's at the front, maybe it's at the side, maybe it's at the back. Find out where it is. And then ask it, what is it you want me to hear that I've been ignoring? And then wait and see what happens. And it quietens it. It goes, oh, looks, <laughs> she's listening. Um, and then even if it gives a barrage of abuse to you, one of the things to do is treat it like a friend you've been ignoring and you're really sorry that you've been doing that to it and you want to you wanna make up. And so you take it and you go, do you know what? I'm a sounding board for you. I hear you. Give it all to me. And it will. Sometimes it quiets it, sometimes it shouts at you. And then it exhausts itself. Then you can say things like, now I'm listening to you, I'm so sorry I've ignored you for so long. I won't do that again. And I want to learn to love you and I want us to work together. So how how can we create a pact where you talk, I'll listen, but you don't shout and I don't ignore? And you will be absolutely astounded of the difference that will make to mind chatter and how it will move you towards your goal. That makes so much sense to me. Um, and the whole way through, I sort of like was playfully laughing with myself because all I could think of was a recent <laughs> disagreement I had with my wife. And that was the exact problem. <laughs> we wasn't listening. We were just sort of trying talking to tell at it, each other, talking yeah. at each other, but not listening. And, and to think of that mind chatter as a person that you need to sort of come to some sort of arrangement with, because I don't know any type of relationship where if you just tell someone to go away or bash it into submission, that that's ever going to work out very well. So it, doesn't. it makes perfect sense what you're saying. Yeah. Absolutely perfect sense. I love that. I really do love that. It's just, it's just funny to me because unfortunately in that moment, mindful chatter was my wife's face. <laughs> so I'm not going to tell her about this episode. <laughs> I hope she listens to it. The thing is, if you remember, it's a part of you. That's what people yeah. sometimes forget. They see it as a separate entity, but it isn't. It's you. It's just you. It's a neglected part of you. So. Yeah. And, and yeah. the bit that really resonates is the is the feeling of it's trying to keep you safe. 
you know, because yeah, especially when it comes to close relationships like your partner and stuff, very honestly, they're always trying to do what's best for you most of the time, aren't they? You know, so that what they're doing is not thinking, hey, I'm going to deliberately wind Johnny up today. <laughs> I'm going to make him unhappy because it'll be it's a bit of a sport for me. <laughs> no, not say love you. <laughs> no, exactly. So it's a, yeah, it's quite funny when I think about it like that. It's a playfulness to it. Imagine that whenever you felt stuck, low in confidence or just felt unsure about something, you had somewhere to go. I'm not talking about a self-help book or an online guru. I'm talking about actual space online where we can come together with real people and access actionable tools to help you get from where you are now to where you'd like to be. So that's what we've built, the School of Self-Development. We're going to provide you with one-to-one self-development coaching, on-demand courses, growth articles, and insights from industry leaders in self-development. And the best part, a community that you can feel part of and feel safe when you're reaching out for support. So whether you need help plucking up the courage to finally change careers, commit to a major decision, or simply be able to commit more time to your family, whatever the goal, ambition, or aspiration is, the School of Self-Development was made for you. Visit our website, schoolofselfdevelopment.com, and make sure you're booking time to say hello. School of Self-Development, your number one source of self-development. So going back to that, would you say that sort of imposter syndrome is linked to perfectionism and sort of limiting beliefs is exactly what it says. It's sort of a limiting belief. It's something that you don't believe that you can do. Would that be a nice way of explaining it? So imposter syndrome is a psychological pattern. Mm -hmm. Limiting beliefs are something that most people experience at some point in their life. And people who suffer from imposter syndrome will have limiting beliefs Mm. and they will be they will have a blind spot to their skills and strengths they won't notice them you could still have limiting beliefs but know what your skills and strengths were yeah but with imposter syndrome you gloss over those you ignore those that, that makes sense. I mean, I, unfortunately, I've had both of them, I think. Oh. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so I, I'm all in on that. <laughs> I mean, changing lanes slightly, um, here's, a, here's an interesting question. If we could go back in time, what advice would you give yourself and at what age? So I'd probably go back to being six because I've got a picture that I've worked on <laughs> quite a few times. And, and I can still see the picture, but it's not as emotional as it was uh, many years ago. And I would go back and I would tell her, and I have gone back and I have told her this, by the way, because I do timeline stuff for myself as well. And I have told her that she is good enough mm. and that she is loved and that everything's going to be okay. It all works out just the way it's meant to. That's lovely. That's really, really nice. Yeah, I could, I could feel, I feel like I could do that. <laughs> That's a really yeah. nice answer. I love that answer. Um, do you have any sort of wisdom that you'd like to share with anyone that you feel that might help move them forward with their self-development? So as I mentioned, I, I got myself into personal development sort of accidentally when I was about 23. Mm. And I found it quite fascinating because I quite like working on myself and I, I like growth and development and improvement. And so people are looking for their own self-development. Something very simple to start them off with is the Wheel of Life. Mm. Now, some people love the Wheel of Life. Some people hate the Wheel of Life. Uh, I kind of, I like it. Uh, I do it every three months or so just to do a, a map of where I am. If people don't know what the wheel of life is, they can look it up. It's mm. really, or you might want to share that in, in a separate piece of information so that I don't take up too much time doing that. No, no, it's okay. But the wheel of life maps how you think and feel about your life today. And I think starting with the wheel of life can be just give you a picture of who you think you are in terms of what's important to you right now and how you could move forward with it. So I think that's a really useful thing. I think writing down everything you don't want, because 75% apparently of the population know what they don't want, but don't know what they do want. So write down everything you don't want and then pick your top 10 
and go, so if I don't want that, what do I want instead? And, and then just start flipping them over. And if some of them are too hard, just pause and move on to something that's a little bit easier. So if I don't want to be unhappy, what do I, in my career, what do I want instead? It might not be happy, it might be satisfied. We don't have to automatically assume it's going to be the opposite. And then also write down what you know you do want, because we, we all have things that we do know we want. It's just that we might know what we don't want a bit more than what we do want. So that's, that's useful for people to yeah. do, and simple, very simple. And then I'd say that awareness of how you talk to yourself is really important. And if you're not very good at that, which I wasn't in the beginning, Get someone that you love and trust, a partner, a friend. I got my husband and my teenage kids to help me with this when I first started out in coaching. So when I'm saying mean things about myself, which I did a lot, I gave them permission so I wouldn't get irritated with them to go, you said to tell you, you just said. They loved it. <laughs> they loved it. And I couldn't get cross because I'd asked them to help me. <laughs> I was missing it. They were hearing it. And they didn't ask me to do it back to them, by the way. This was a one-way street. But they really helped me because I started to notice that I was mean to myself more often than I was nice to myself. And so then I was able to, in that moment, in that awareness, stop. And what I used to do is I used to wear, it was a, a psychologist taught me, this elastic band around my wrist, but you could wear one of those little soft scrunchies. And what you do is you just ping it very gently it was never about not into hurting it was just ping to go stop or you can go stop or you can go stop but this is a bit obvious this is so yeah. easy to do you could do it under the desk isn't it yeah. and in that moment then you reframe it so whatever you've just said mean about yourself you go ping which is a kinesthetic stop and then you say i want to say this instead so you affirm something positive it totally changed my negative chatter so i think they're kind of I know you said the word wisdom, but I think they're really useful, simple things that people can do. Yeah, they are brilliant. Uh, um, so let me just recap. That's the wheel of life, which I might try and find some sort of example to put in the show notes so people okay. can have a look at it. Um, so wheel of life, um, writing a list of what you don't want and then writing what you take in the top 10 and then writing what you do want or the top five. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then addressing and becoming aware of your self-talk or your negative self-talk they're, they're mm. three really great pieces of advice thanks for those i, I especially mm. like the second one that's that's very simple writing a list mm. of what you don't want mm. uh which i i know i know that people will find that very easy to do <laughs> and then writing the writing the bit of what you do want should in theory be easier <laughs> but should be. it should be but i'm sure i'm sure it'll, it'll still be that's that's brilliant uh, thank you for that i love that yeah. and i think everyone else will too um, last couple of last question, really. Um, you have an incredible reputation. This is more for my fellow training coaches. <laughs> um, you have an incredible reputation for supporting coaches. What advice based off of what you've seen would you like to pass along to aspiring coaches? Right. So I work with a lot of coaches, mm -hmm. um, wonderful people who are great at coaching, but struggle with setting up their practices and struggle with getting paid. And I'd say that the first thing that you need to be aware of is know why you're doing it. Why, why do you want to do coaching? I know we don't ask why in coaching, but what's the reason behind it? And I'd say that it's really important to align your values with your goal setting around setting up your business. And if you're, so mine, mine were security, they were purpose, they were variety. And in there was freedom, but freedom was a conscious value that I managed to bring in later. And so I knew I wanted to be secure, as in financially secure, but the purpose beat the security. And so what I did was I kept my job, even though I wasn't mad on it. And I had a lot of flexibility, actually, because my boss let me take a five-day week job into a four-day week job. So I just did longer hours. Now, because of COVID, we got a lot more flexibility. Not everyone has, but a lot of people have. And so I took a day, to, like a Friday it was, to start building my practice. So I could keep my job, but I could build my practice. So I was able to focus on my value of purpose. And I kept my security by keeping my job. So when you know what your values are, and you align them with why you're doing what you're doing, in terms of setting up your coaching practice, 
you can start to move towards it without limiting beliefs, without fears, without doubts, because you've got those two honoured. Um, top three, but top one is the most important. And two is really, really valuable as well. And then I'd say the next thing I've noticed with coaches is you need to actually take this seriously. Now, I'm into fun. I'm into it being light and enjoying. And my, my work is not serious. But from the word go, I was serious about wanting to earn my living as a coach. And a lot of coaches are, with respect, playing at it because they haven't really bought into it because they don't believe that anyone's going to pay them. You create your reality. If you don't believe you're going to get paid, even if you go, well, I'm sure I will, but if subconsciously now we're into that misalignment, you don't believe you will, you're not going to create the opportunities and you're not going to take the actions that you need in order to make it really happen. So maybe you need a part-time job and you set up your practice, especially if you're into freedom, if you're into security. If you're into freedom, you just go, hey, it'll work. And you'll just leave your job and I'm not recommending any of these solutions, but you'll just go and it'll be fine. And the coaches that I know who've done it will be fine. It normally is. So just make sure that you know why you're doing it and that you do want to do it and that you're going to take the actions to make it happen. Yeah. Because you could be the best kept secret. And this is one of the flaws with the law of attraction with the secret itself is that they cut out all the bits about take action. So it's no good sitting there going, I'm a coach. People will come. You've got to let people know that you're there. And so I'd say that that's really important. And I'd also say it's very important to set realistic goals for who you are. So if you, if you know your disc and you know that you're an S or you're a C, I'm sorry for those who are listening who don't know what I'm talking about, it's personality profiling. So you know that you need to take things slower, set goals for who you are. And I think it's William James that said, in order to avoid failure, set yourself goals that are smaller than you really want because then you can take one step at a time it's all very well going it's going to take too long but if you set goals for who you are you're never going to get there because you're going to keep going oh it's too scary and so you might stop whereas when you set goals just one step bigger than who you are rather than 10 steps bigger than who you are you can grow you know, I was think about a tree. You get, I was saying this to somebody yesterday, you get a little tree and you want it to be 20 foot tall. We just tied a tree, so that's why I'm using it. <laughs> I want my tree to be 20 foot tall today, but it's not. But it will be if I nurture it, if I take care of it, and if I have patience to allow it to grow. We have to do the same with ourselves. But if we're freedom fighters, we don't want any of that. We just want to get out and make it happen. <laughs> so set goals that are true to your preferences in how you like to work and operate. Is that enough? No, that's wonderful advice. Yeah, that's really great advice. Um, I have to direct some coaches towards it. That That is a uh, wonderful advice, really good advice. Um, I noticed something in the background there. What is that? <laughs> I, I was doing that earlier when you weren't looking. <laughs> um, please tell us about your exciting new book and uh, what's next for you. I mean, that, yeah absolutely amazing congratulations on your book thank you thank you so much yes so co-authored as you said with Sartre Stocks and we had a look at what was out there and we couldn't there might be something like this now but it was three and a half years ago that we started writing this Uh, and there's always when you write a book there's challenges along the way all sorts of challenges along the way but we took a look at what was out there and we realized that there wasn't anything that pulled both of our resources uh, there's hundreds of books on the law of attraction, which Sandra is very much focused on. There's hundreds, probably thousands, um, of books on coaching, which we're both focused on. But I'm, I'm more into the coaching side of things, and I have an interest in the law of attraction. I practice it, I live by it, but I don't teach and train it. I teach and train coaching, and she does more on the law of attraction. And we looked at that, and we couldn't find anything where they were together, because whether you're into the spiritual law of attraction side, so she's into Jerry and Esther Hicks and Abraham, uh, and you're, or you're interested in my side, which is very practical, coaching-focused, goal-setting, they both end up in exactly the same results, same place, when you do them correctly. Yeah. So we wanted to mix them. 
And we wanted to, and I wanted to bring in, I um, already mentioned this, neuroscience coaching, quantum physics, and we wanted to bring in a number of different ways of looking at goal setting to make it more entertaining and interesting, but also to show people that actually it doesn't have to be scientific, even though I do bring in quite a bit of science and biology into my chapters because I like that stuff. Yeah. It doesn't have to be. It can be as simple as that alignment that we talked about earlier. So we found that there wasn't anything out there like it, so we decided to write it. And we write a chapter each. And even though we could probably both write chapters on the chapters that we've written, we decided we would keep it very clean. Hers would be purely law of attraction and mine would be purely coaching so that people could go, I can see how this works. Oh, and I can see how this works as well. And we wanted to blend them so that people could try something different rather than just be head or just be spiritual. Yeah, I mean, that that's such a lovely... Uh... Uh, you strike me now in this moment as somebody that's like, well, if you want a job done, let's just do it ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> and how's it been going? How's, how's it been moving forward? Has, has the book got a good response? Are you happy with yeah, all that? Yeah, it has. It has. It's had a wonderful response. It's oh, been good. it's been beautifully emotional. It's been yeah. a wonderful, in a positive way, it's been a wonderful experience. We've We've just had, since the book's been published, we've just had fun and joy and playfulness and you know obviously organizing stuff has been slightly challenging at times i've sent you about articles that we've had to write yeah. uh, a couple of little problems with launch and venues but nothing unsurmountable nothing that we we couldn't overcome quite easily so yeah it's been lovely it's been really good fun Oh, There's I'm more so, work to do, but it's been great. Well, I mean, there always is, isn't there? <laughs> but I mean, I'm just so pleased for you, and you. congratulations again. I mean, Thank you. but I mean, it begs the question: what's next? Ooh, um, <laughs> well, holiday. <laughs> you know what? I'm going holiday next week. Oh, lovely. Um, <laughs> yeah. To be honest, it's more of the same. Yeah. Because I love what I do, and. I mentioned COVID earlier and it did take away all the training work, which I 60% of my work was coaching, was training, took it all away. And so it, it caused me to have to start over. So the one-to-one coaching was okay, that was going along nicely, but the training work just totally disappeared. So it's building that back up again. Some of the lovely companies I work with have gone bust. Uh, some people don't need the training in the way they used to. So it's been finding new sources and they're coming they're growing they're happening there's more training happening so I'm working on that uh, promoting the book definitely we've got a lot more to do the audiobook should be out in the next six to eight weeks we've done it we've recorded I, it I saw the I saw the images of you recording <laughs> oh, it I bet yeah. that was a fun experience wasn't it <laughs> it was it was really exhausting I bet oh it was God. oh sorry I bet it was fun <laughs> for a bit <laughs> yeah yeah it was it was really exhausting I mean I've been in the recording studio before because I've got my audio program that I did uh, a few years ago and so I've been in a recording studio I've forgotten mm. how oh my word and when you're reading a book yeah. it's very different reading it out loud to writing it so it was wonderful it was great fun and it was really exhausting as well <laughs> in a good good way good you felt you'd worked when you came out of the day so that's coming out and so again this it's about promotion now for us and yeah. uh, there's going to be speaking engagements uh, when we're allowed to do a bit more of it, a lot of travel with it. So we've got some really lovely plans uh, coming up in terms of working together with the book oh, and how, with getting it out there. How exciting. It couldn't happen to a better person. I'm just so, <laughs> so, so pleased. Um, can you tell people where they can find you or is there anything you want them to know that's coming up for you at all? <laughs> so they can find me at my name is, is is my website, it's my Instagram, it's my Facebook. Yeah. So it's Pam, Pam Lidford. And then so it's Pam at pamlidford.co.uk is my website. And on there it shows things I'm doing, things I have, products I have available. You can get the book on there. Yeah. Um, you can get the book in good good stores as well, Waterstones and Smiths, and it's, it's in all the bookstores now, apparently. On Amazon great. as so, well. It's on Amazon as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, follow me on Instagram. I've got lots of little bits up there, um, positive stuff, uh, LinkedIn, 
but it's all under my name, Pam Lidford. So I, I made, made it as easy as possible. To find <laughs> well done. <laughs> <laughs> um, seriously, thank you so much. Firstly, I just want to say a big thank you for sharing that story. That was really special. And I'm really honoured that you did that on this platform. So thank you for thank doing you. that. And um, congratulations on the book again. And I really look forward to seeing you on a training scene at the Coaching Academy. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> so and or somewhere else. <laughs> well, yeah, let's hope so. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you again, Pam, and we'll speak soon. Thank you, John. Thank you so much. I feel super lucky to have gotten Pam on the podcast and so grateful once again for her sharing such a personal story. Thank you so much, Pam. It was wonderful to share that time with you. As always, a genuine and meaningful thank you to all those that are sharing and leaving reviews. It means the absolute world to me and you will just never know how much of a difference it makes. Um, Just telling people about the podcast, sharing it on social media, writing a good review, all of these things mean the absolute world to me and it's really, really appreciated. For those of you that have been kind enough to follow me on social media, you may have seen that I have started a community called School of Self-Development. It's a place where people can come together, share stories, learn, grow and develop themselves all the while feeling supported and not judged. (laughs) Super important when people are aiming high in life and really trying to get that life that they want. Um, If you guys are interested in joining, the link will be in the description. We would love to welcome you over. We've got growth articles. We've got the group where the interaction that's going on in that group is just amazing. Such such interesting people with, um, well, just great advice and great great insight, great perspective. Um, Really enjoying those conversations. So yeah, you're absolutely welcome to come over and join the group. I'd love to welcome you in. Um, Link should be in the description. If not, if you cannot find it there, if you fancy any further perspective on self-development, come over and find me on YouTube and social media by searching the self-development coach. Thanks again to my podcast producer, Charlie, and I'll catch you next time for another episode of the self-development podcast.